Welcome to John Graves Kayak Fishing here on Anchor FM. Beautiful southwestern Ohio day. It's Friday. No, it's actually Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, Saturday morning. Duh, wake up, dude. That's what happens when you're a Lyft driver. I have three things I basically do in my life. Here at the Rock and Star Ranch with horses or general maintenance, lift driving or fishing. None of them will keep track of your days or nights. Sometimes it feels like a Tuesday, sometimes it feels like a Sunday. And I'm not sure if it's my old age or not. Boy, time is really going fast. Ah, I'm not sponsored by Folgers, but I probably should be. Here we go. Texas rig shot out to the pond here at the Rock and Star Ranch with a yum. Finesse worm and a watermelon candy. If you're like me, you love yum baits. I love yum baits. They're inexpensive. And uh, boy, they catch fish. With dozens and dozens of different styles of worms, finesse worms, creature baits. It's about a seven inch finesse worm. It's got a little... Squirrely tails. I'm not even sure what you would call that right there. It's 45 degrees outside right now. It just absolutely feels beautiful compared to the weather that we've been getting here in southwestern Ohio. No, not everybody can go out and buy a kayak. Not everybody's blessed enough to have the fundage to go out and buy a Hobie. And that doesn't mean that fishing can't be fun. In fact, some of my fondest memories of fishing are right from the bank of a farm pond. As a kid, about seven or eight years old. It's one thing my father really did. There's a couple things that my father really did I think just paid off for me in the long run. Number one was put a fishing pole in my hand. And I'm not sure exactly what promoted that other than my mother went to a lot of Bible conventions on the weekend. Of course, my father was a salesman. That means you're working all weekend. So every big Baptist church in the Midwest would build a pond out front with a fountain. And there'd always be a reflecting bench there. I think my father just told my mom, get him, get him some worms and little... Sepco 202 fishing rod and reel combo. And while you're in there at the convention, just let him sit out there and fish. 
Nobody's gonna mess with him. And they didn't. In fact, my mom has a couple pictures of me and I'm sitting there, my back is to her, I'm on the bench and she's just taking a picture of me sitting there just looking out at the water waiting for that bobber to go down. I don't even really remember that point in time and catching anything. But soon after that, it really, really lit the fuse for me when it comes to fishing. Man, it, it was game on, anywhere I could fish. And so my family lived in Ewing County, Kentucky. And there is a pond on just about every farm down there. We had a couple there. Um, on the farm in Ewing County, Kentucky. It was about a 99 or 100 acre tobacco farm, tobacco and corn, cattle. But my Uncle Jude moved into a house just right outside of Flemingsburg. The main road, you're heading right into Flemingsburg. Johnny Cheap Chevrolet, right on the left-hand side. You can't miss it, there's a big rocket. I love that rocket. It's a big rocket, it says used cars, or cheap used cars. And there was a small pond in the back of this old farmhouse. And that was the first thing they wanted us to do, to get out of that house and go play. Leave them alone. Uncle Jude didn't talk, talk much anyway. And I went down a gravel road, discovered this pond and ran back to the car and got my fishing gear out of the trunk. Ran back to that pond and turned over a couple logs and found some worms. Hooked them up and within no time at all I was catching crappie, black crappie. But this one was as big as from the tip of my finger to my elbow. Now again, I'm just like eight or nine years old. It was huge. I, I could almost certainly say it was well over a two pound, maybe even a three pound crappie. But that was a long time ago. You know, fish tend to grow with stories, but it was big. It seemed so big to me. I began to, uh, you know, prepare fish. My dad taught me how to do that, how to scrape the scales off of them, cut those fillets off. I always thought it was very interesting when you cut the stomachs open and you reach in there and you grab their very tiny and delicate intestines. It's amazing how this all works, doesn't it? And uh, I would, you know, at a very young age, prepare some fish and to eat. And all of that came, all of those memories growing up, catching big bass. My dad used to take me out to this place in Williamsburg. And I'm not even sure. My dad was kind of a scufflaw, you know. <clears throat> he would certainly shake the hands of a lawman while at the same time, you know, reaching in the back pocket for his wallet. My dad was a state trooper, Kentucky state trooper, real badass too. 
And so he would take me to this farm. And uh, I have no idea who it belonged to, but it was next to the Route 32 highway up in Williamsburg, Ohio. And uh, within no time at all, using what he showed me then, the Texas rig, using just a basic bullet, lead sinker, cone shaped with a worm hook. Flipping that thing out from the bank and catching big, big bass. Sometimes they'd just be this be these big long skinny ones, and other times they'd just be ones with big fat bellies and not knowing really at the time if one was male or female. A lot of fun, one after another, after another, after another. This is when I had my infamous Eagle Claw spin casting rod and reel combo which was I've never seen anything like it since called a feather light <laughs> and boy when you hooked up to a two or three pound bass in a farm pond that feather light acted more like a bamboo rod and all I used was a Texas rig it was always a 10-pound line for some reason. I don't know, monofilament, fluorocarbon. I never used braid. I just hook it up to a real cheap, inexpensive lead bullet-shaped sinker with a worm hook. Can't even remember the size of them. And boy, I put a six-inch watermelon seed lizard. That was my favorite lure to go with just because it was fun to hook up. And when that thing's in the water and you're pulling it, the movement of all the appendages, the tail, arms, legs, whatever you want to call them on a little lizard, man, they're boogieing and they attract a lot of attention. And boy, if there's one thing that bass hate during the spawn are them pesky lizards turtles come in and destroy their nest. So, your only option is to fish from the bank of a lake or a pond or a creek. Hey man, discover the world like Steve Coomer. That guy can put us all to shame with the fish that he catches and all he is doing is just running up and down the bank discovering things. I just don't think you can go wrong with a Texas rig if you are just that basic bank fisherman, if that's what you want to call them. You could be pretty sophisticated. You get one of those backpacks, you put all the fishing lures, everything you need, and you just start hiking, man. I mean, that just sounds romantic and fun. That would probably be a lot more entertaining for many couples, you know. I mean, it seems more people would be prone to with the options available to them to just walk along a bank and fish, you know, something like the Little Miami River. I think Steve Coomer knows just about every inch of that thing. And what a great way to spend with the kids. 
because they're busy, they're doing something. It can be challenging. There's a little bite right there. First one of the... First one, sorry about my little pause. That's what happens when you're talking to somebody who's fishing. All of a sudden they get that bite and it just stops. There is absolutely no wind today. And the only current that is being pushed into this pond right now is from those Canadian geese and their fat asses. <laughs> Listen to them. This is that time of the year where they're all fighting for that real estate like it's the California gold rush. The island that we have in the middle. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's WWE right there, SmackDown. And you know those geese will just, those geese will go at it and they will absolutely kill each other. I think this is a log that I'm pulling up here. Yep, that felt good. You know, sometimes um, going into that early spring, coming out of the, the winter patterns for these fish, they're still pretty lethargic. So those bites can still be rather subtle. You know, now come here in a few, just a few weeks. Man, those shallow crankbaits, that's my moment. That's my window right there where they are just coming up, moving out of the winter holes, they're staging up on the flats. And when the conditions allow them to do that, boy, they're back and forth on that bank, just ambushing things. And boy, do they hit hard and it is fun. There's nothing funner. But right now you can still get that really subtle finesse bite. So if you find yourself hung up on something. You know how sometimes you get hung up on a floating log or something. It can feel like a fish for a moment. Man, set that hook. Even if you think it's just maybe a log or something, go ahead and get that hook set. You know, what do you got to lose, really? That's the way I look at it. Beautiful, beautiful day. Sun's outside and uh, shining bright. So this has a, uh, it's a black with a red watermelon candy flake that I'm using right now, but I'm about to just whiplash my, <laughs> I just backlashed my baitcaster here. Okay, so now when this happens, it's going to happen to you, so you need to get used to it. It doesn't matter who you are. But patience is really probably the best thing that you can do for yourself. Don't freak out. Don't just jerk on anything. Just stop, release the bail, and just start pulling that line. Just start pulling up on it, trying to find out where backlashed what's holding it up and don't pull too hard on that line coming out of the reel you don't want to put a bend a sharp crease or anything in any of your line there so just gently look at it and keep pulling this can be very frustrating when you only have a 
a few minutes left to call out a fish or to make your limit or even to catch a fish before the tournament's over so you don't get skunked. So just keep gently pulling. And try to remember this happens to everybody. You know, it's just not you. We're close, we're close. That was a good backlash too. That's my uh, lure behind me as I went to cast, hit the uh, bush right behind me. And since I've released that bail on the bait caster, that spool is ready to spin. Those geese are getting close. Listen, they're just, they'll kill each other. If you've ever, if you've never seen uh, two geese going at each other in a death fight, they will literally beat the hell out of each other with those wings. And uh, I'll look out here, you know, and I'll see one floating in the water. It's, it's sad. And uh, consider yourself lucky you've never seen one of those because it's just a violent fight. And they do it. So we're almost there. We're almost there. So you're just pulling out the line real gentle. You're trying to find each one of those little hookups on the spool where that line's twisted up. Just gently pull that out. Don't freak. Don't want to knot anything up. And I think we're almost there. Keep. You can tighten that uh, spool up a little bit. And then, uh, then grab that line up in front of it. And we're done. You may have a lot of line out on the, the ground or wherever you're at, your kayak or your watercraft. So be careful that's not all up, tied up on something like your electronics or pedal drive, Mencota. There you go. That's it. So just have patience as the biggest thing. So let's get that out there one more time. That was going to be my last cast for Romance. And I am now going to put on another yum worm, which has a gold and watermelon flake to it like a candy these are uh if you go to like uh, a lot of discount stores walmart will do it sometimes uh like an ollie's discount or something like that and they will uh, buy out mix labeled um fishing lures from yum i know ollie's discount does and i know uh, walmart does and uh by golly, even though the label's not right, you can clearly see what it is. And it is cheap. I mean, these things are only like $1.49 a pack. The only thing I don't like about Yum, soft plastics. The only thing I do not like about them is when you open them up, you take away the ability to hang it up on a pegboard. I can't stand that. It just drives me nuts. My Strike King. You have, if you open them up, you can still hang them up on a pegboard. You know, if you're limited in places to put your soft plastics, if you want to keep track of them, maybe those aren't working for you. You open your pack up, but they're just not working for you at the time. But you want to put them back up so you can have, you know, easy access and have them in your face. You start burying soft plastics and stuff down in plastic uh, bins. 
even if you label them, you're still going to just lose them. So here's what I do with the um, I take my scissors and I cut at that perforated line where it shows you to tear. But I only cut right up to the hole that they put there to hang it up on a pegboard. And boom. You can gently open it up there at the end of it. Pull a worm out of there, a creature bait out of there. Close it up and you still have the ability to hang it up on a pegboard. Okay, so let's take this guy off of here. Again, this is just a small, kind of flat-sided finesse worm, black. Really pretty little thing with some watermelon flake, like really red candy flake, I'm sure that's what that's called. These are not labeled, so I don't know exactly. Like this is a uh, worm here, but it's labeled as a creature. Assortment. I'm not sure what that means. I'm going to take one of these bad boys out. There you go. I'm able to seal that bad boy back up. And when I get done with it, if these don't work out, man, I still want to hang them up so I can see what the heck I have. Yeah, they might not work here, but they may work someplace else. So this actual worm here is actually set up for a Texas rig. It's got that little beautiful little cutout at the top of it so you could tuck that worm hook up in it and hide it. You want to get that Texas rig absolutely profile as flat and straight as you can. You don't want those fish second guts in this. If it's all bent up and goofy looking, they're like, you know, what the hell? I mean, it's like if you had a pizza thrown in front of you and, it, and the pepperoni wasn't like presented nice and, you know, there's cheese all gooped up on one side and it was half cooked, you wouldn't go, oh, yeah, that looks delicious. You wouldn't have that impulse to eat it. Fish are the same way, man. You throw that Texas rig out there from the bank and it's all ganked up, looking stupid. It's got moss all over it. They're going to look at it and go, yeah, whatever. Get that out of my face. Looks disgusting. But boy, you put one out there that just looks right. And it is on. So this little seven foot Abu Garcia has a beautiful cast to it. It's a 24 ton graphite. You know, I like it. It's inexpensive. You know, you can buy one of these things for like $39. But the secret to the sauce is the Xfinity speed spool that I have on it. Little Frankenstein combo here. It's got a seven to five one gear ratio on it. And the one thing I like about that speed is when I miss with the Texas rig cast and I can get that right back to me and chances are that within you know 20 feet of the bank 10 15 20 feet if you've been there for a while there's no fish there and so when I get it back 
close to the bank. I could burn it up real quick. Now, when you're bank fishing, you're probably not in a tournament. So this is probably not important to you. But it's a good combo. It's a, it's a pretty neat little combo to have. And on a budget. And it just casts like a bullet, man. Awesome. I love it. I have 12-pound fluorocarbon. Spooled up. What I have as a Texas rig is without a doubt one of the most important things on here. And from a and for a bank fisherman. And see if you can follow where I'm going. As a tournament fisherman, we're always touching our tackle. We're always looking at it. We're always changing it. We're always thinking about it. We're dreaming about it. We're reading about it. We're posting YouTubes about it. We're doing podcasts about it. We are always touching our terminal tackle. Get your hands off your terminal tackle, will ya? <laughs> and everybody knows what I'm saying. That, that does nothing but just stares at their stuff. Most often, we're not going to allow the hardware to corrode and go bad. But as a bank fisherman, someone that's just going out on the weekend, that will go out, maybe a, spend a few more, you know, morning hours out there, do some camping. You have other things on your mind, and that's not your priority, catching fish. So you have a plain air tackle box that has hooks and sinkers and your basic soft plastics. Maybe a spoon bait, red devil spoon bait in there for some reason, like that's going to really work for you from the bank. <laughs> Often you have a jitterbug in there, you know. Always seem to have some plugs, that type of thing. But it's most often the soft plastics and a few hooks. When we put that Plano box back with all of our other camping equipment, when we get back home, we forget about the moisture. You know, we're putting soft plastics back in the bags with water in the tackle box. Next thing you know, three weeks, four weeks later when you want to go out camping again or go do something, go hop in the little John boat or canoe and go out there with your kids, you open it up and there's nothing but rust all over your hooks. So you do the best you can at scraping it all off and you go with what you got. I didn't notice a difference until I got American Tackle Sharp and Knight hooks. I really did. When I got the American Tackle Sharp and Knight hooks, and even as someone who stares at his tackle a lot, the past six years has has been a learning experience for me. And man, to this day, even though I'm just a couple days of at the most away from looking inside my, my gear and checking it out if, after a long weekend of fishing, I'll open it up and rooks will, or hooks will be absolutely rusty and corroded. It's, it's disheartening. 
except the used American Tackle Sharper Night hooks. I will dog one of them out on a Texas rig for a couple hours out on the lake. I'll put that thing back in the tackle box and it stays sharp. It looks like the day it was made. That's when I really started paying attention to how hooks are made. You cannot go wrong with those hooks. Check them out. American Tackle, Sharpenite worm hooks. I absolutely love them. American Tackle also has a lot of Pro Staff plastics. The stick figures are amazing. Salt infused. They have a anise scent to them. It smells kind of like licorice. And they perform very well with the Texas rig. They stick straight up, man. What a great addition to that Sharpenite hook is you can't go wrong with a tungsten weight. I know they're a little bit more expensive. You know, nine bucks for four of them? You kidding me? No. But you get more feedback for your buck. Feedback, and what I mean by that is the information that that weight is returning back to you via the line and the rod into your hand, into your brain. You can't really feel a lead sinker. It's a really dead feel to it when it hits structure. And you want to know what's happening down there as much as you possibly can. For the tungsten, it's a very dense, dense metal. It's very sensitive to what you are running that Texas rig over. You can tell the difference between wood, cement, steel, a missing mafia member. Suspenders. Pull oof. I think about that. So your equipment's just as important as a bank fisherman. You know, you're in and out of a lot of trees, you're in and out of a lot of bushes, so the size of your pole too, you know. Just maybe not want to pull the trigger on that big huge cat pole. Probably want to get something that's a seven foot and you can't go wrong with this Abu Garcia Vigilante 2.0 really can't however can't go wrong with the five-year warranty of the quantum combos I love them quantum accurate cranking sticks man just amazing five-year warranty on them also providers of the the Zepco line 
the Zepco um, Folds of Freedom, celebrating our veterans. And then any of the Rhino series, which is a very durable upgrade of their classic, you know, Zepco combos. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's for sure. Well, I'm not having much luck here at the pond at the Rocket Star Ranch, but it feels good to get out. Getting out, casting, keeping that accuracy in check. Again, you know, casting, using a bait casting is more like tossing a baseball. You're looking at what you're, you're, where you're casting, where your target is, and you're instinctually have done this so much that boom, you can hit your target every time. Just like tossing a baseball, you don't have to toss it hard, don't have to toss it soft. Just a nice sidearm works out for me. And having the opportunity to work my uh, my casting, but also to be able to work the equipment is a blessing. And to have that right in front of my house here at the Rock and Star Ranch is great. But it'd feel a hell of a lot funner if there was some fish biting today. Well, get out there and bank fish all you can. Cowan Lake's a great place to do that. Stone Lake Lake's a great place to do that. But Stone Lake Lake might be one of your better places to do that. The accessibility to the bank is is just everywhere, really, at Stone Lake Lake. And uh, Cowan Lake has some great fishing docks for for people who just want to put a folding chair out there and a cooler and kick back and just enjoy the wonderful waterfowl um, life that's going on out there. You're gonna you're gonna see a beaver or two running around, slapping their tails, and uh, plenty of fishermen. And on Sundays they have the sailing regatta which is a lot of fun, but you don't want to get your canoe caught in the middle of one of them damn things. You need to go around it. When the sailing regatta is happening, go around it. You don't want to try to, you think you might have enough time to cut through that thing, but those little sailing boats, man, they come up on you quick. And Sometimes there's a junior high school kid navigate one of them and he'll just T-bone you like, you know, a Japanese destroyer in the PT-109. Not kidding you. They, they play serious up there. <laughs> Get out and enjoy yourself, everybody. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Again, thank you so much for listening to John Graves Kayak Fishing. Get out there on the bank. Practice that Texas rig. You can't go wrong with it. Tying one up. It could be one of the most, most lethal techniques you could use. It's very simple to use. And uh, check it out. Thanks so much to my sponsors, American Tackle. Check them out at www.americantackleangloproducts.com. The dream home comes in many, many sizes. And if you are looking for yours in the Ohio area, southwestern Ohio, specifically call Lisa Spear up at Caldwell Banker Realty. That's at 513-317-6004. Thank you so much, John Thomas, Yak Gadget. Check them out at yakgadget.com. Gives you the ability to individualize your 
performance watercraft to your specs. Check out all those cool gadgets you can put on a number of kayaks. That's at yakgadget.com. This big shout out going all the way to Western Kentucky. Hang Outdoors. Check them out on Facebook. Kevin Frazier, Hang Outdoors. Custom Lures. This dude is the beast when it comes to airbrushing these custom lures. And he sells them at a very, very fair price. The Kentucky Crawl and that Fire Crawl is the bomb here in southwestern Ohio muddy water conditions. Check them out. Kevin Frazier on Facebook, Hang Outdoors. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to John Graves Kayak Fishing here on Anchor FM once again. Have a safe one. Get out there. Have a great weekend. And uh, I may be heading down to Lake Chickamauga here in the next couple days. And if I am and I head down there, you know you're going to be hearing from me. So long, everybody.